It's the biggest earning the push ever after the biggest week in wrestling ever. More than 80,000 pack out SoFi Stadium two nights in a row for one of the best WrestleManias of all time with one of the most controversial finishes we've ever seen. It's a week where WWE's sale to Endeavor and a merger with the UFC was confirmed, changing sports entertainment in a way none of us thought we would ever see, throwing a Brock Lesnar heel turn and AEW announcing a shock Wembley Stadium show for the end of August. And you can see why we're so hyped today. I'm Jack Murley. Voice still struggling, but we weren't going to miss this one today. Professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, my co-host as always. And Charlie, this is the big one, my man. This is the big one. What an absolutely bonkers week. I've like I said that a lot over the last uh, last year or so, but to go from such a brilliant WrestleMania to the news of a sale of WWE no longer being a family company, and then wake up this morning to the news that AEW are doing a show at Wembley Stadium, not Arena, Wembley Stadium. Um, He's got to go down as one of the biggest weeks ever in wrestling across the board. I don't think we'll ever get bigger than it, and we're going to dig into it all on this podcast. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening today. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Murley, and let's get right into it. WrestleMania. If you're listening to this podcast, you will have seen it, and you will have had strong opinions on WWE's decision to have Roman Reigns retain the undisputed WWE Universal Championship by defeating Cody Rhodes on night two of WrestleMania. Uh, Charlie, I think if we were betting on one thing happening at WrestleMania, it would have been Cody walking out with the belts. How shocked were you? My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. So I I tried to stay up, but I couldn't quite manage. So I watched this on Monday morning, probably about eight o'clock in the morning. I just sat there in shock for a good three or four minutes because I was sure this was the time that Rome was going to be dropping that title and it just seemed the right time for Cody to win and the story was going right. The solo had been involved and then had been ejected. The Uso has been dealt with by Sammy and KO who was going for his third crossroads in a row. This was it. And then that Samoa spike got hit. The uh, How powerful does the ropes make that spear, by the way? As soon as he bounces off the ropes, you're not kicking out of that spear. I couldn't believe it. And I think it was the biggest shock you've heard in a stadium since the streak ended. Yeah, I, I think that is equivalent to what we're looking at. It elicited such strong opinions. And we're recording on Thursday, which means folks have had about five days to, to, to digest it, three or four days rather, to digest it, to sit on it. Everyone has their opinions on whether this was the right decision or the wrong decision. I'll give you some of what listeners have been saying in a tick, but where do you stand a few days on? Was it the right call or the wrong call not to pull the trigger on Cody on this night? I'm going to give a bit of a coward's answer. I don't think you can say whether it was the right or wrong call until we see what they do in the next few weeks and months. Now, was I shocked? Yes, huge. I would have bet all my mortgage on... Cody Rhodes winning winning that title, so I'd be homeless. So thank God I didn't. Hey, um, was it the right or wrong one? I don't think you can say yet. It's very important what they do do next, and we thought it was probably the wrong decision not to give the title to Drew at Clash, not to give the title to Sammy at Elimination Chamber, and they've proved us wrong on that before. They've proved that actually it was the right call to leave it on Roman. So I they've got time to show me why this was the right call, but. 
this is the biggest call they've made and this is the one that's probably going to be the hardest to convince people this wasn't the right time and not the right person to win the title because it then begs the question of who the hell and when the hell. See, I don't think for me... See, I loved it and, and he was my WrestleMania Monday. I, I couldn't avoid the spoilers. I had to work. So when I logged on and I saw that Roman had retained, I sort of raised an eyebrow because I loved it. I really, really loved it. I love the idea that Cody Rhodes now has an even bigger mountain to climb. And I heard so much feedback on this, but the one that I think put it best for me was what Bully Ray said and busted open, which was if Dusty Rhodes himself were booking the main event of WrestleMania, how would he have done it? And he would have had Roman Reigns go over Cody because that gets so much more heat on Roman and it gives Cody that grit. Now, I don't think that Cody is by any means not the guy anymore. I think he's still the guy. I think all my eggs are still in the Cody Rhodes basket. I just think he is even more over as a result of losing than he would have been if he'd won. Uh, I see that idea and I'm not arguing that, but do you think we wait a whole year till the next main year for him to win? No, I don't think we wait that long at all. I think... If I was WWE, here's what I'd be doing. I would be sniffing out the Georgia Dome and I would be trying to find a date where we could run a special Raw at the Georgia Dome because everyone's saying, right, if not at WrestleMania, when? When is bigger? And the only thing bigger than doing it at Mania, for Cody, I think, is doing it in front of his hometown fans in the Georgia Dome. And if I was WWE, that's when I'd be looking to do it. And I think that him having lost at Mania gives him that opportunity to have an even bigger moment. And I know people go, there's no bigger moment than Mania. I think there is. Yeah, that's a very good point. I haven't thought of that. Doing it in Georgia, in Atlanta, in front of all everyone that's his family, his hometown, could be a huge emotional moment. But the problem is, the potential problem is, and they've done this a few times and got away with it, and it's been fine. They've had moments that have been as close to as perfect as you can find, really, and this seemed like another one. So if you then don't go and find the perfect moment, everyone's going to say, oh, you should have pulled the trigger on that one. So like I said, they got away with it in Drew and Sammy because where the story went, they're going to have to find another more perfect moment than the almost perfect moment than Mania now. And I think I, I, I think what this comes down to is, do you trust WWE to get this done right? Because cause they will, if they don't, then they will have forever hung round their necks. This was the perfect moment to do it. And this either ends with us in seven months' time going, I can't believe they found something better than Mania, or us going, I can't believe they threw that away. It's, I guess it's like you're the sports person. This is like when you've got the opportunity to, to play for the draw, but you take the, the higher pressure play for the win and it doesn't come off, right? Yeah, it's all other players that you get. Yeah, yeah you, um, you either kick the three to go for a draw or you go to the corner this is rubbing Naji and try and win the game so yeah and they absolutely go to the corner and trying to win the game so we as fans have got to hope they they get it across the line and, and get this one because it would have been an all-time moment him winning at Mania and I, I agree I think he is still the guy it's how you how you get there now and I didn't have on my bingo card which we'll get into later it was Brock Lesnar decimating him on Monday night well, I love that as well. I, I think WWE's booking for me at the moment because I loved everything they did this weekend. Uh, let's go through some of what folks have been saying on uh, our socials. Uh, Daniel says, I agree that I don't think Cody Rhodes needed to have the win. 
Uh, Mitch Wadden says it literally left me with my hands on my heads for a good 10 to 15 minutes after the three count. I didn't feel cheated, but I did feel heavily invested. Hindsight will be a wonderful thing, but this is something that could be worked into something special. Dave Bradshaw, wrestling commentator, I think this is how I feel, probably. I still can't figure out if the result stings because it was the wrong decision or because I'm so immersed in the storytelling. We probably won't know until we see where this is going next. Fascinating times. Emma says, I've been talking about this with my son. I think this is the right call, but I just can't work out what the end game is, but I'm all in for the ride. Max says, I'm bored of the Bloodline storyline now. I don't see why they needed to drag this out. Ryan says, they had the perfect opportunity and they blew it. So to say wrestling fans are split on this is probably the understatement of the century. Yeah, it's a huge mix online, the reaction to this, isn't there? And anytime you talk to anyone about wrestling, it's all they want to talk about at the moment. So the main thing is that's coming across there is how heavily invested everyone is in this storyline. Everyone is invested in this, whether they are outright appalled that Cody didn't win, whether they are willing to give it a chance, see what happens, whether they're hugely in on Roman, everyone is invested. And that's when you know WWE have hit a home run with this one that we are three years into this, three WrestleManias in, and everyone's still so invested. Roman's about to hit a thousand days as champion. There hasn't been anything like that in my lifetime. So we are in uncharted territory, and it is it is going beyond well for WWE. As everyone's said, and the common thread between all this is hindsight will be a brilliant thing and they have to stick the landing when they land i don't know is it a year from now is it six months from now when they do they have to stick because there have been so many good landing points already that when they do it has to be perfect beyond the finish and i know it's difficult because the finish is everything but like i say i read the spoilers for, for for night two i couldn't not and i made a point on monday sitting down and watching the whole show and it got to the main event and even though i knew the result I got goosebumps watching that main event. I thought everything about it was impeccable, from the entrance to the finish, to the way it was built, to the commentary. I don't think we can have any doubt that Roman Reigns is an all-time great. He has to be on the Mount Rushmore, doesn't he? Oh, he's more than in the conversation. Who's on your Mount Rushmore is hard because there's only four, isn't there? Okay, okay, let's do it this way then. Okay. Is Roman Reigns on it before John Cena now? for what he's done for the industry, for the records that are being set, for what he's doing at WrestleMania, is Reigns a bigger superstar than Cena? No, because of the longevity of Cena. I think he is. I think he's, but, but I think he's a clip of Cena. The fact that it's even a conversation is huge now. Yeah. And yeah, Roman, no doubt for me, is an all-time great. No doubt he will go down in the conversation of the all-time greats even if he just had this title reign, let alone his work with the Shield and everything else he's done. Um, I am fascinated of what happens to the bloodline next. So ha when are we going to address the fact that Usos lost their titles? When Roman does eventually lose his title, when are we going to... What's going to happen there? How long is Solo going to take being spoken to the way he is by Roman? There are so many questions of what happens to the bloodline next. And on Raw, I love the fact that Roman sent the Usos away. And... And we're not going to debate it anymore because we could do a whole show on it. But for me, if Roman loses a title on night two, that's all story you can't tell. I know others feel you can tell that story without Roman having the titles. I, I get that, but I don't think you get to tell those stories without Roman keeping the belt on him. So that's why, for me, it was the right decision to make. But boy, we could debate that forever. But we can't because of what a big night it's been in, in wrestling and a big week in wrestling. 
if night two was controversial, night one wasn't. The Usos lose the undisputed tag team championships to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. The first time a tag team title match has ever main evented WrestleMania. Just impeccably done. I was cheering. I was shouting at the telly. Again, this was, this was Saturday morning for me. Sorry, Sunday morning for me. I was shouting at the telly. I was cheering. My bath came in. She was like, this is the most animated. I've seen you watch wrestling for a long time. I was like, yeah, this really matters. I can't explain to you how invested in this I am. And I thought they were going to lose. I genuinely thought at one point they were going to lose. And then when we got that finish, it's when Sammy puts Jay back into the corner. I was like, yes. And you know what that's a callback to? Do you know what that's a callback to? Battleground 2016. <laughs> that is how he beat KO at Battleground 2016 with two halluva kicks. I have read all the analysis of WrestleMania that there has been, and no one has said Battleground 2016. This all started at Battleground 2016. Of course I am telling you. Okay. No, um, it was brilliant. It was just, again, night two finished with very mixed things for a lot of people. I don't think a single person left that stadium not smiling their head off on night one. It was just so feel good. And then you see the behind the scenes stuff of them with their families and all hugging. Oh, just, just really nice and really well deserved and a great match. It told the story. It fitted the story. It was a fitting end to this part of the story. I'm really excited to see Sami and Ko as tag team champions together in WWE. We haven't seen that. And they're always at their best when they're either with each other or against each other. So I'm really excited. We talk a lot about how the undisputed championship has been elevated. We'll talk, my God, we'll talk about the IC title being elevated a little later. Those tag team championships really, really matter now. The work the Usos have done promoting them, making... Because the Usos were the workhorses of a lot of the Bloodline storyline. And now to put it on two main eventers in Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens elevates those belts. And you know what is mad? Kevin Owens main-evented WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin last year, yet he's moreover this year as a result of a tag team title feud. It is bonkers when you put it like that. And I think the tag team division's in a really good way because, you know, the match that I think I might have enjoyed the most at the whole of WrestleMania was that bloody four-way exhibition for the tag team. Well, not four, I think, with the tag teams on night one. It was just a lot of fun, and it showed what brilliant tag teams there are in WWE. All four of those tag teams could then go and challenge Sammy Sam and KO, and you'd be like, oh, okay, I can get behind this. So the tag team division is in a good way in WWE, headed up by two, like you say, genuine main eventers in their own right, who are now a tag team. You've still got the users in there. The New Day are in the ether as well. There are so many great tag teams, so it's exciting to see where the tag team titles go now. Really intriguing to see how the Usos fit back into the bloodline without their titles. I'm just, yeah. It's a really exciting time for those tag team titles, like I say, elevated beyond belief over the last year or two. And it'll be interesting to see what, what Kevin and Sammy do because they're spun off, I guess now, their story is done. It'll never be done, but to a degree, they're finished with the bloodline now. So it'll be interesting to see who steps up to the plate. Speaking of stepping up to the plate, a lot of the dialogue before WrestleMania Night 1 was what was the main event going to be. Obviously it was, and in my opinion correctly, the tag team title match, but do you think Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair had something to prove in their SmackDown women's title match when they went out before? My God, that SmackDown title match. If ever I've seen a follow that statement, that was it. An incredible bout. Yeah, I don't think there are many main events in WWE WrestleMania history that could have followed that match. I think it shows how important 
the story element is because actually for the in-ring wrestling, Rhea and Charlotte blew Sammy and Karen the Usos out of the water. For in-ring wrestling, it was one of the two best matches of the weekend for me, along with the IC title match. So the fact that no one is saying, oh, the main event didn't follow it, is because of the story. Now, I do think Rhea and Charlotte took it personally that they were not the main event because, oh, boy, did they go out and put on a show. I've seen people saying, I think it might be right, maybe the best women's match in WWE history. It was phenomenal. And that is a huge shout. It's a huge shout. But it's in the conversation, no doubt about it. And we're not even a week post. It was sensational. Can we talk about some of the bumps that Charlotte Flair took? There was that one inside-out release German suplex where Rhea tossed her like a bag of spuds and round goes Charlotte Flair. And you watch it on the replay and you think, that's her neck broken. And then you see it again. And she lands not protecting herself on her face. She lands on her nose. I don't know. That would have knocked a normal person out. Yeah, they are two tough ladies, those two. And Rhea is an absolute superstar, I think. And you saw the face-off on Monday. I think we do need to build somehow to Rhea versus Bianca because I think they are the next generation of this women's division coming out of the four horsewomen into the next the next generation, the next era. They are going to carry the women's division for the next 10, 15 years, these two. They are sensational. We're in a strange place with Rhea because Rhea is over. Like, I'm not convinced Rhea isn't a babyface after what we saw at WrestleMania. Mm. I'm really not. We know that her boy Dom is not a babyface. He's the biggest heel not named Roman Reigns on that roster. And I think for me, my match of the weekend, just for getting me in the feels, may have been Ray and Dominic Mysterio. What an atmosphere. What a, From the entrances to the final bell, that was everything sports entertainment. Not necessarily wrestling, but sports entertainment should be. Well, they did their best to ruin it with bloody Cinnamon Toast Crunch, wherever his name was on the outside, and they who thought... That was my, that was my one criticism of WrestleMania this year, by the way. Mm. So many adverts. Yes. So ad-heavy. Um... Well, I think why that is, is I think that's because in the US it's on Peacock and you've got subscription levels. So if you're watching on free Peacock, you get ads in... Well, you know that site. Um, Yes, yes. If you're watching on Freecock, if we must, then you have adverts. Whereas if you're watching, what we get is the premium feeds. They have to put something on when the ads are on in the States, but it did drag a bit. Yeah, it it was it was strange, and then yes, we had cinnamon toast crunch or whoever it was mm. ringside for that emotional payoff of a match. Interesting, call that. Yeah, uh, but Dom's entrance was unbelievable, just brilliant. And then my God, when Eddie's music hit, ah, oh, I almost cried, almost cried. Ridiculous how it'll get you. And the match was brilliant, and it was what it needed to be. It was exactly what Dom got his comeuppance, and that's what we all need to see. And it was just feel good. Great wrestling, because they, they, they're both great wrestlers. It came off the Hall of Fame the night before. It just was a really good finish to a really well-done story. Yeah. I don't know. I, someone will correct me if I'm wrong on this. Outside of Hall, in fa- Hall of Fame induction for Eddie Guerrero, I don't think we've heard his music on WWE TV since he passed away in the tribute shows. I, I think, certainly, it's a once-in-a-blue-moon occasion. To use that on that stage, I mean, just this WrestleMania had the hang of legends past hanging over it, be it Dusty, be it Eddie. And I just, 
I just thought it was spectacular. And I loved Dom's prison entrance. I mean, how stupid but great was that? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I do love when we get virtuoso grand WrestleMania entrances. We had a few this year and I really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, Dom's was probably the best entrance of the weekend, I'd say. I don't know. I would say perhaps Edge had a better entrance. He certainly got his WrestleMania moment, did Edge, because he and Finn Balor went to war in Hell in a Cell, not just inside any Hell in a Cell, Charlie, but inside the old Silver Cell is back. We finally lost the red one. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, we got red chairs. Yep. Which was weird, but I'll take that. Because I could just, you know, I could see, Jack, I could see the match. Yeah. Because I wasn't looking through red mesh. And thank God I could see it, because what a match. Absolutely best sell match in a long... Well, no, Cody and Seth were brilliant this year, weren't they? But that aside, one of the best sell matches for a long, long time, and one that felt like it deserved to be in a sell. Not because it was the time of year, because the, the story needed it. And the demon character, it was good to see it. i tell you, tell you one thing that I thought was an issue as well. Hmm. I have an issue with Stadium West Coast WrestleManias. Because of the lights? Because it's lights. Yeah. Like the demon's entrance was in the lights. It just wasn't quite the same. I also think being nitpicky with the demon's entrance, if you dubbed some different music over the top of that, that was just interpretive dance. Like I know it's meant to be scary old Finn Balor summons up his inner demons, but I was watching that thinking... I don't know, Finn. I don't know. I don't think I'd be particularly spooked out if I saw you spinning and twirling down with your little um, your little glow stick uh, steam things. It just... But, look, his head got... So oh, wow. So if you are in Egypt on social media saying, I don't know why they brought the medics in. It's a hell in a cell match. Why would you bring... Give your head a wobble and look at what happened to his head because he was split open like a ripe melon. If they hadn't brought the medics in there, you couldn't have carried on that match because that thing was going to pour. Yeah. Like, I mean, pour. And the fact that he had a little bit of um, anaesthetic at round, Edge did well. Edge started building something, didn't he? So the camera stayed there. A little bit of anaesthetic, and I think it was like 14 staples in his head and carried on was redeemed. And it was such a freak accident, wasn't it, of... He's obviously meant to wear that ladder shot, which was brutal with his arms. Mm. And the, the one of the rungs of the ladder just perfectly slipped between his hands and cracked him right on the head. I, I just thought, I know Edge is a pro. Of course he's a pro. He's a Hall of Famer. He's Edge. But I thought that was a moment where it could have all gone south very quickly. And Edge clearly was just like, I'm just going to make some noise, pull some things out from under the ring aprons, rattle around a bit. But he kept the crowd invested at a really nasty moment. And I think there was a danger that cell match got lost on the card. I think they, much like Rhea and Charlotte, said, no, 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 boys and girls, you're going to remember us. And how great that Edge got a WrestleMania moment again. Massive, massive, and like he, he alluded to in the build-up, it hasn't been the return he wanted, and hopefully this is the start of it being back to what he wants and what he deserves. I'll tell you what helped this WrestleMania hugely, two nights. Yes. Because imagine if we'd had all these matches over seven hours. You can't do it, things would have been lost. So two nights is the best thing they've done with WrestleMania in a long, long time. Let's continue with the WrestleMania uh, look back before we talk about WWE and UFC's merger. It's mad 
that is the second half of the show today, but it is. Um, Abby says, uh, I feel like this was the moment for Cody to win. I'm so very cross. I'm sure I'll warm to the same idea in time of Cody being bigger as a result of losing, but I was so invested in Cody's moment. I hope that if we get a rematch, the momentum isn't lost. For me, my top three matches of the weekend, KO Sammy, Rear against Charlotte, Cody despite the result, and an honourable mention for the Intercontinental Triple Threat match i don't really mind who won that but i'm enjoying gunter's title run come on charlie it was the match you were looking forward to the most of anything and boy did that triple threat deliver oh baby that is how i like my wrestling just brutal absolutely brutal those three and i love they got a standing ovation mm. after it from the commentary team by the way i didn't need titus o'neill on commentary for it oh it, it succeeded in I, spite of him i hope they're not lining him up to be a commentator <laughs> regularly because i don't like him on commentary that's a different conversation he is very annoying on commentary um <laughs> but what a match and just hard-hitting Three brilliant wrestlers do brilliant wrestling, having no care for each other's well-being of each other's chests, not at all. And then it just elevates that icy title beyond belief. I really thought Sheamus was going to win, but I've got no problem with Gunther winning. I think if what they're doing is they're saying, let's keep going with Roman Cody in some shape or form for six months, then absolutely keep that title on Gunther because he is he is just a star. He is just a star, and he's a star in spite of the name change. He's a star in spite of the fact that he changed his body type, and I think a lot of what made him a star originally was how how big and thick he was, and he slimmed down, but he's kept that aura. I just thought it was a phenomenal match, and I think on night two, that was what made you go, third match in, okay, we're at Mania now. Yeah, it really, it seemed like post that match, everything picked up on that second night um so brilliant brilliant match i absolutely loved it and you look at the 12 months the us and the ic title have had they weren't on the card at WrestleMania last year you've had a marquee match with john cena coming back to challenge austin theory and then arguably in conversation match of the weekend for the ic title they are both in great places and that is why i think we can have one one world championship because the two mid-card titles are so so elevated at the moment Two more quick words about WrestleMania. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. Logan Paul again rose to the occasion. I mean, from his entrance to... And he lost and he loses nothing in losing. What a spectacular performance he had. What a 12 months he's had. Yeah, he was brilliant again. And do you know what most of the very casual fans or lads I play with have spoken to me about? KSI and that prime ball. Yeah. Like, that has worked for what it was. That has got your mainstream audience watching and talking about wrestling, which is what that was meant to do. So, really good match. Seth is brilliant. I, I would like to see a push for Seth again. I'm sure we'll get on to it. It looked like he had a rough time on Monday on Raw. So, I'd like to see a push for Seth again. He's brilliant. Um, but just another brilliant show from Logan Paul. Shout out to Shane McMahon, who did himself a nasty injury on his return. Uh, but a shout out to Snoop Dogg, who was the coolest guy in the whole stadium when things went south in that deal with Shane, The Miz and Snoop Dogg, who was the guy who stepped in and thought, I'll take care of this. Our best wishes to Shane, but geez, Snoop Dogg saved that segment. 
gutting for Shane because what a shock, by the way. Less than 12 months ago, Vince basically said he'll never, ever be back. And then the weekend that Vince has come back into more power, Shane is back. So mental. Uh, the whole family have now torn their quads. Um, it's a family affair now. <laughs> uh, Triple H, Shane and Vince. Can I ask uh, you something about tearing quads? And and maybe you know, maybe you don't. But it seems like when you tear your quad, you don't realise initially till you try to get up. Because I remember Vince at the Rumble slid into the ring, tried to get up and literally couldn't. And it seemed if you watch that spot with Shane... He obviously did something when he fell, then he tried to get up and crumbled again. Is, is, do you know if that's what it's like? Touch would have never done it, yeah. so I, I'm not sure. And it's not an injury you hear about that often. Uh, but it does seem that way, doesn't it? Maybe it's just a McMahon thing. Yeah. Maybe the McMahons are like, oh, no, we're fine, and they're not. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, gutting for Shane, really, really gutting. Um, but then props to Snoop Dogg, like you say. The Miz, and then also uh, referee Jess, whose second name eludes me right now. I think Carter, isn't it? If you watch it back, she carries a lot of the information to Snoop and to Miz. And, and oh, Snoop Dogg doesn't pull his punches. He <laughs> clocked the Miz. I wonder how that worked. And obviously, you, you could hear, if you listen, Jess Carr saying to Snoop, drop a people's album. Uh, people's elbow, excuse me. You Drop do- the people's album, Snoop. Drop a new album for us you right can ha- now. You can have that for that elbow because whatever it was, it wasn't a people's elbow. It was, no. and I wouldn't do any better. But he clearly was just like, I'll step into the ring. I'll take charge of this. And fair play to The Miz. I don't think there are many other people but The Miz who would be in that situation and not be caught in the headlights. So, look, grand scheme of things, we went into this saying this could be an all-time great WrestleMania. I think it met that expectation, you know. 100%. It was the most excited I've been for a Mania in a long time, and it was the most fun I've had and most invested I've been watching a Mania for a long time. I think this will go down as one of the all-time great Manias. I truly believe that. Also, petition for, can we carry on the saga of surprising Michael Cole with Pat McAfee returns? Yes. and Because actually- he's like a little boy. He's so excited. And I want to say here, Michael Cole... Thank you for what you've been doing in WWE for however many years you've been there. It must be coming on 30. But thank you for giving us this version of Michael Cole in the autumn of your career. Because Michael Cole made that WrestleMania with his calls. From the main event to those silly segments with with The Miz and Snoop Dogg to the emotion he showed in the IC title matches... Michael Cole has not had an easy ride of it. And trust me, as a commentator, all those adverts, all those things he has to throw to, not easy. I think Michael Cole is finally getting the props he deserves. Well, I think I read um, an interview with him. I think he's been in WWE 27 years now. Yeah. I think this is his 22nd WrestleMania. I think he said in an interview recently that 30 years seemed like a nice number to him. So we are very, we, we are towards the end of Michael Cole. There have been times where I could not stand Michael Cole. He was the worst thing on telly. I don't think it was his fault, looking back now. I think he was handed impossible hands to deal with. He is phenomenal at what he does, I believe. And I've done a bit of commentary, nowhere near as much to the level you have. But with everything that will be going on in his ears, everything he's doing, that is a hard job. And also, four hours of commentating is exhausting. You are drained by then. The fact that you have to crescendo at the end to your most excited when you're at your most tired... It's hugely impressive, and like you say, I'm so pleased he's getting the props he deserves, and we're seeing this Michael Cole, because he is excellent at his job, and I think we will only realise how great he is when there is no more Michael Cole in WWE. 
and they need a succession plan because as you say he's not got he's got more years behind him than in front of him in terms of a commentator now look any other week what we're about to talk about would be the biggest wrestling news ever it, it really is the biggest wrestling news ever even though we decided to start with wrestlemania because on monday it was confirmed Vince McMahon has sold the company his family created, has sold the company that has made wrestling as we know it to Endeavor. WWE will merge with the UFC in a deal that is worth in excess of $20 billion. Vince McMahon will be executive chairman of the new company, already reports that he's taking a firmer hand on the tiller when it comes to the creative process again. That to one side, Charlie, we now live in a world where WWE is controlled by someone that isn't a McMahon, and that is historic. It's, it, it, you almost are lost for words. It, it's the news we never thought would happen. It's crazy. WWE is no longer a family company. McMahons no longer have sole control. It is hard to comprehend how big that is. It is going to be hard to understand the differences this will make until we start to see them. Obviously, the initial difference is back to usual of Vince being back in charge, it seems. Well, he said, didn't he? I'm. Well, he gave a very Vince McMahon answer. Are you going to be involved in the creative process? Yes and no is what he said, to quote him accurately. Anyone who knows Vince McMahon knows there's a lot of emphasis probably on the yes rather than the no in that conversation. Yeah, I think we saw that as of Monday. I think we saw Seth Rollins getting cut, his promo getting cut while he's in the ring. The reports are a lot of term, turmoil backstage. I think we are out of the Triple H era, unfortunately, because I haven't got really anything bad to say about the nine months we had of Triple H running um, creative. We had one of the best manias ever. But that aside, back to the business side of things, $20 billion, I can't fathom how much money that is, genuinely. I will be fascinated to see how we start to see any WWE UFC crossover because they will start promoting each other's events. You'll see UFC stars at WWE shows and vice versa. That will be fascinating. And I think you said to me, Vince McMahon has played a supervillain blinder. He has gone from having so much negative press around the things he's done, allegedly, to having to step down to now being back in charge of a company that he's just sold is now worth billions like it's a the, the supervillains of comic book world are all getting their notepads out and asking how they do this well just in vince's own words was it july he put up that tweet 77 time to retire thank you and goodbye i paraphrase but that's about it that was july his words i'm retiring we sit here now in april and he is the executive chairman of a new company that will preside over the WWE, which he has sold and merged with the UFC. That's some retirement, Vinnie Mac. That's some retirement. When we wondered what's he doing in his retirement, I mean, what? whether you like the man or dislike the man, the foresight he's shown to make this happen, unreal. His his business acumen is clearly not up for debate. Yeah, just all. on the business side of things. Yeah, the, the the slightly more harrowing side of this is you've got to remember why Vince McMahon had to step aside. They're not the sort of things that should be forgotten, should be br brushed under the carpet. And you've got to feel for how those people now feel watching him. They must have thought they had their win and justice. And now, not nine months later, he's back. So it's incredibly tough for them and it's a very uh, delicate situation. 
and we don't know all the facts, can't talk too much about that. It doesn't sit comfortably with me, that. There's a lot of WWE that doesn't, but that is very much does not sit comfortably with me, and I'm not a Vince McMahon fan. But the business acumen, as you say, is phenomenal because he's gone from retiring to now running, to now making a load of money and running the company still. So any other time, we would be sitting here, coming towards the end of the podcast, going, wow, what a week. I wonder if we can squeeze anything else in. And... Tony Khan promised a big announcement on Dynamite, and I'm sorry, Tony, sometimes your big announcements aren't up to snuff. Boy, did he deliver. End of August this year, AEW is running all-in at Wembley Stadium. Not the O2, not Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium. It's first-ever stadium show, and Jesus, Charlie, when I woke up and saw that, I did a, a genuine double-take. Enormous absolutely enormous and shocking because if you told me they're going to do a London stadium, I think we all would have said Craven Cottage because Tony Khan owns it. And it's about 40,000, which is about the right size. No, 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 no. Wembley Stadium, but they're going to need to sell 90,000 tickets. Well, That is a lot of tickets, Jack. Don't they need to... I, I was trying to think about this. Is is it 80,000 with the stands? And then, obviously, you'll have floor seats as well. Exactly. So- I think it's about 82,000 in the stands, and you're going to get another 8 to 10 on the floor. Yeah. When um when you had Tyson Fury box there, or AJ, I can't remember who it was, it was over 90,000. You yeah. can get 90,000 in there. Can, can AEW sell 90,000 tickets, Jack? There's a story I like, which is about... um some Irish kids and it's a bit of a parable and they throw their hats over a wall they know they can't climb and they know then they have to find a way to get over that wall to get the hats back Tony Khan has to get his hat back now he has booked Wembley Stadium he can't the the only thing worse than booking Wembley Stadium and not selling it out is booking Wembley Stadium and and then having to go to a smaller one or cancelling it entirely he it doesn't matter whether they think they can or they can't. They have to now. They do not have a choice. It will be interesting, won't it, how whether the UK wrestling fans, whether they are WWE fans or wrestling fans now, because we'll find out, because if WWE put money in the bank there, seeing what happened at Clash of the Cast, I think they would have sold it out. Let's see if AEW has the pull in this country that WWE does. Well, let's just think about the way we're talking about it, right? We're amazed they're doing it. We think it's incredibly ballsy. And I think if it was this time last year, we'd be clamouring for tickets. Our view this time round seems to be, that's really interesting. But do you... I mean, I want to go. Of course I do. But do you have that burning in your gut that you have to be there? You can't miss out that you did with Clash of the Castle? No, I don't. And it's very interesting, isn't it? I absolutely will want to be there. But well, I won't be able to because I'll be in Australia. But that aside, I'd like to be there. Um, but it's not like I had to be there for Clash of the Castle. It's not like when I saw Money in the Bank, I was like, oh, my God, I can't go because I'm I'm away. It's like, oh, that's a shame. So it will be very interesting. They've got some stuff. They've got some work to do because also it's only four months away. Yeah. They've got some work to do. And bringing people like Jay White in like they did last night helps. I think we all thought FDR were losing and they won last night. So they are... If this is the start of new storytelling for him, build to it. I'd build to Adam Cole versus MJF there. That's where I'd do that. That's your best story right now. They've got work to do. They will easily sell 50,000, 60,000. But I'm going to say one more time, 90,000 tickets is a lot of tickets. I'm going to say this, Charlie. CM Punk. CM oh, Punk. get off this CM Punk train. I'm sorry. If you have any way 
of selling that stadium out, there is one man whose return on that night could bring you the intrigue to do it. And that's CM Punk. Whether you like him or as part of your locker room or don't, he has the star power to shift tickets. And you can't tell me you wouldn't be intrigued in watching a CM Punk return at Wembley Stadium. Of course I would. And as a fan, yeah, brilliant. If I was one of the guys in AW, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake. But if you're, if you're Tony Khan and you're thinking, I've booked the thing now, I've got to use every tool at my disposal, i got CM Punk under contract to me, you can not use him for that show. If the difference between you selling out or not selling out is CM Punk, you have to use him, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. If that's what it takes, they've got to do it. Also, I feel like Tony's business advisor is like, right, Tony, we're going to do a stadium show in London. You own a stadium in London. You have to pay for it. It's the right size. We're going to leave you to just get it booked. And he's like, I imagine like he's on his laptop looking craving. And then just like Wembley appeared. He's like, ooh. And like clicked it. And his advisor's going to go, did you do it, Tony? He's like, well. Like, oh, Tony. I I think this will be at least double, if not triple, anything else AEW has ever run. Because I don't know how much the Arthur Ashe Stadium holds. But that's their biggest show. I think it's about 20 if that, Arthur Ashe. Right. So so we are looking at, let, let's be conservative. This is at least double and a bit more, but probably triple anything else AEW has done. Whether they fill it or not, the fact there is a second wrestling company, that there is a plausible conversation about selling out Wembley Stadium, huge testament to, to AEW, that they can even think about doing that. And I think they're more likely than not to do it. Three, four years ago, AEW didn't exist. Now they're booking Wembley Stadium. It, it's absolutely bonkers when you put it like that. Absolutely bonkers. And it shows what a success story AEW, whatever we think, has been. And what a great place wrestling is in at the moment. Yeah. Look, I, I'll be honest. I haven't done a, a back to developmental and earning the push because I just didn't think we'd have time to fit it in. Do you have any you would like to give a mention to? Yeah, I've got two earn the pushes and no, no back to developmentals because I'm in a good mood this week. Do it. Uh, earn the push is Luke Combs has got a new album out and it's really, really, really good. I can't stop listening to it. It's called Getting Old and it's very good. And a life hack I accidentally discovered this week putting your beanie hat on the radiator for 10 minutes before you put it on. Oh my God, the toastiest little head. Now, I'm surprised you still have your radiators on, if I'm honest. Being being a sensible, money-minded man, I'm surprised. Yes, still yes, and I'm northern, but my yeah. other half isn't northern. Oh, okay. Oh, so we have we come to a we come to a uh, a compromise an arrangement. Okay, look, I haven't got any this week because I I just wanted to focus. There's on... There's been too much wrestling. Too much wrestling. One last question for you: When we do this podcast in a year's time after WrestleMania 40, are we going to be looking back saying the decision not to put the title on Cody at WrestleMania was genius because we got something better, or a massive missed opportunity? I don't want you to sit on the fence and say it could be either because we know it could. Gut feeling, massive missed opportunity, or will it be genius in the end? Well, I'm not sure we won't still be talking about Roman as champion. Um, do you I genuinely, still... so, sorry to cut across, do you genuinely think we could have Roman as champion going into WrestleMania 40? Yeah, I do. I do. And is it then Cody? Do they do a year's build to a I could see this. I could see. I think Cody will beat Roman at WrestleMania 4. Yeah, I think we'll go. Yeah, that was good. Not The Rock. No, not The Rock. You don't. No, I don't think so. I, I... If you do The Rock. If you do The Rock anyway, you do it in Hollywood. 
I also think that the one thing they could do wrong is to have The Rock end this title reign. The Rock doesn't oh need God. it. But that, that... Imagine, after he after ended Punk's 400-day reign, how mental everyone went. I like the idea that he always just ends historic reigns. He just turns up like at 70 on a walker to end, I don't know, Sami Zayn's five-year reign or something like that. So you're, say, you're saying that actually this will turn out to be genius? Yes, I am. I think I agree. Whether you agree or not, uh, let us know. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast today. Let us know what you think about WrestleMania, about Roman Reigns, about Brock Lesnar turning heel, which we barely had the time to go into, about the WWE UFC merger, and if you're going to try and get uh, AEW Wembley tickets, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I am Jack underscore Murley, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week on Earning the Push, but until then, bye-bye.